Before we begin, I would like to take a quick break to tell you about a travel website that allows you to search for the cheapest flights, hotel rooms, car rentals, airport parking, and taxis and airport shuttle services. The website is www.experiencethis360.com. It takes over 700 airlines and travel agencies, 240,000 hotels, including booking sites like Expedia and Booking.com, and allows you to compare all at once in one screen, saving you time and money. It basically finds the cheapest price anywhere. There are no additional fees and the app is free to use. What you see on the screen is the exact amount you will pay. This isn't a separate booking app. It is a comprehensive yet easy to way to do flight searches, discount hotel rooms, and find the cheapest rental cars. Think of it as cheap flight, best hotel rate search engine. It simply finds the best deal for you. Visit www.experiencethis360.com. At the top links, you will see a link called Best Travel Deals. Click that or use the drop-down menu to get to a specific area. Links will also be made available in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. Homicides are hardly common in Norwalk, Ohio, a community of about 17,000 near Lake Erie known as the Maple City. For years, there weren't any, and in the last two years, the police department investigated only one. But all agree they have seen nothing like the latest possible homicide, which has stumped the authorities to this day. The curious matter of the bodiless heart. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 3, Episode 2, The Telltale Heart. On August 25th, 2016 at 7 p.m. two emergency medics stopped for a break in the parking lot of a gas station in Norwalk just about 50 miles west of Cleveland. They spotted an object in the grass near the edge of the pavement. It was a large Ziploc plastic bag. Inside was a human heart. The medics called their dispatcher who at first told them to toss the organ into the trash but then instructed them to call the police. About five minutes later, according to the police report, the police arrived and took custody of the matter. That is how this case came across the desk of Sergeant James Fulton, a veteran law enforcement officer who is more accustomed to solving drug crimes, sexual assault, robberies, and homicides with corpses. At first, they called him at home asking what they should do with the heart. He said he told the officers to preserve the heart as evidence, contact the coroner, and see whether the organ was indeed human. You always take a deep breath and you think, what do we have here, he said. The possibilities with this are pretty far-reaching. You got possibly a homicide where you don't have a body yet. It is hard to say where it came from, he said. There are hearts that are transported after autopsies, but they are generally not in a Ziploc bag. There are abandoned bodies without hearts, but we don't have one and don't have anything to link it to. We don't usually find hearts in Ziploc bags, Sergeant Fulton said. I can't remember ever having a call like that. It is very, very unusual. Sergeant Fulton's approach to the case has departed from the traditional shoe leather investigative work 
Aside from interviewing the medics, he has not spoken to any witnesses. There is really nobody to interview, he said. Investigators scoured security video from the gas station, but they do not plan at this time to release footage to the public. It does not show anything suspicious and does not capture the patch of grass where the heart was tossed or dropped. The bag was checked for fingerprints, but there was none on the bag. Photographs were sent to various news organizations in the hope that someone might recognize where the heart without a body came from. I'm not sure if viewers of any local news station would recognize the missing heart. The closest that he has ever come to a similar story in his 18-year law enforcement career was a few years ago when someone presented the police with a fetus in a jar. The investigation found that it had been left behind in a building used by a doctor for his work at a teaching institution. Other lines of investigation include abuse of a corpse, perhaps as part of a theft from a hospital or a funeral home. We would like to find out where this came from, he said. If they have a body missing a heart, obviously we have a heart to go with it. Later, when experts reviewed the heart, they said the heart was fresh and had few signs of decomposition, and it had likely been removed from its owner shortly before the workers stumbled upon it. This brought great concern to authorities, and the public wondered if a serial killer had accidentally lost a trophy. Now, this is when most unsolved podcasts stop. It's where a lot of unsolved mystery articles stop and where a lot of news reports end. It's creepy and it is a good story. But we like the truth, so here goes. The investigation ended. The heart turned out to be a pig's heart. But the mystery is not solved just yet. After all, this is unsolved mysteries of the world. No one knows why it ended up in the parking lot in a Ziploc bag, but no one has come forward to claim it either. Last year, residents claimed they have found many more pigs' hearts around the town, some wrapped up in paper, while others in Ziploc bags. Some are claiming that there is a satanic group responsible. Some claim it is the doings of Eric Freeman, who lives in a historic Cleveland funeral home and is said to practice Satanism, and he is the culprit. The funeral home which he lives in is called the House of Wills, and it sits right on East 55th Street in Cleveland. The building was constructed at the turn of the century by a German social club and bought in 1942 by J. Walter Wills, a legendary black businessman who founded Cleveland's NAACP and helped organize the city's first black business organization. In 1907, he formed the J.W. Wills & Sons Company, which became the state's largest black-owned funeral business. Wills converted the 34-room manor on East 55th Street into his second funeral home business. It was to be a meeting space, a living space, and eventually an organizational headquarters for the civil rights movement. Many of the houses' rooms were designed to reference the world's greatest cultures, from ancient Greece to ancient Egypt. The lavish woodwork and art deco detailing made it feel like the kind of place you'd imagine in a Jay Gatsby novel. Wills died in 1971, 
the House of Wales remained a fully functional funeral home up until 2005, when Wales' descendants sold it. That's when the scrappers came in, ravaging the historical building for metal, destroying its ornate beauty and leaving it blighted and decrepit. In 2010, local Satanist Eric Freeman acquired the House of Wales through a title company for a paltry $13,000. Freeman has been using the House of Wills as a center for local Satanists, a tourist attraction for ghost hunters, and a gallery for his collection of grotesques and blasphemous art. The extreme art inside the house includes an anatomically correct sculpture of Jesus fucking Mary Magdalene that is dissected long ways to reveal their gory innards and a seven-foot-tall sex torture device that features a wooden dick studded with sharp metal spikes. The Antichrist is coming. Hi, it's Thomas. We're in Cleveland outside the House of Wills. Uh, this is an old funeral home owned by one Eric Freeman, who is Cleveland's leading proponent of satanic thought. He is uh, formerly associated with Anton LaVey and some of his children from the Church of Satan. Well, I'm curious about full-term possession, like wholly giving yourself over to dark forces, and I think there's no better format for doing so than Satanism, where the foundational right is selling your soul to the biggest dark force of all, the devil. Um, so tonight we will be conducting uh, one of the satanic rituals as written by LaVey, the Ceremony of the Nine Angles, and uh, we will hopefully be summoning the Goat of a Thousand Ages and maybe indoctrinating ourselves into the Order of the Nine Angles, which is a secret society of Satanists, perhaps the most secret society of Satanists, who advocate animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, and reshaping the world according to your will. Let's see if it works. Like, what is Satanism, like, really? I mean, to me, it's a logical format of exactly how to fundamentally get the most out of life without any kind of dogma, superstition, fear, or anything else controlling you. It's you being completely in control of your universe. Okay. And in Satanism, we have our own, you know, general structure of how we treat people. Oh, can you describe that structure? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. We absolutely do not turn the other cheek. Um, stupidity is the number one sin. If you're magic and you create something, never doubt yourself, because once you doubt yourself, it's gone. And that's the, that's the worst part about heaven or hell or any of that, is that people fundamentally believe that after this existence, they're going to go to a better place. So what you do here doesn't matter. And that, that's really sad. I would say these things like the skulls, the tombstones, the coffins, any of these various objects of art are memento mores, are just symbols of death. These uh, do not imply in any way that we're the least bit eager to die or have any sort of Freudian death wish. On the contrary, these are constant reminders that death is around the corner and death doesn't present a better uh, than what we have now world. Can you walk me through the roots of uh, American Satanism? I would state that uh, most ideas of Western Satanism probably come from the Fool Society back in, the, uh, in Germany 
in the uh, early 1900s. After that, you absolutely have Crowley, who is the most evil man you know, alive. I mean, when you look at him, his do what thou wilt turned into do your own thing, which is absolutely instrumental in the structure of the 60s, the 70s, you know, even today with let your freak flag fly, like that's all based on Crowley, who's the most evil man in the world, but then you have this hippie peace movement that spawns from this gentleman. You can even go to Charles Manson, who was uh, instrumental in Atwa, what is it, air, trees, water, earth, I believe. The green movement today is all based on Charles Manson. This is a man that's still in prison today who never killed anyone. Like, if you want to talk about will and what you can create, that man, like, that man knows what's going on. Yeah. And that's why they have him in a cage. And if you ask him, like, hey, do you like jail? He'll just straight up, he'll be like, what jail? Because he knows that he can do whatever he wants in his mind. Is he completely sane? Absolutely not. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's completely ignorant as to the way things work. It's the duality of nature that people don't comprehend. They only see one thing when they look at things. The altar is a living slab of flesh in the personification or in the person of a nude young woman. The altar stone or the mantle which holds the altar was made from cobblestones from the San Francisco streets that were broken up in the 1906 earthquake. Satan is simply a word that means the adversary or the opposition or the accuser. It doesn't necessarily mean evil or brutality or cruelty. It simply means the dissenter. today's ritual room in the basement. I know. And these are, I presume, the participants in uh, the ceremony we're about to conduct. This looks about right. The Orator of the Nine Angles is actually taken from uh, Michael Aquino, who is the co-founder of the Church of Satan. With LaVey, wrote the Satanic Rituals. At least the mentality behind it is you utilize different trappings to collect more power so that you have more power to alter reality. As a thought, great center of the cosmos, let thy flute sing unto us, lulling us against the terrors of thy domain. Whether it existed or didn't exist, it exists today. That's the mentality of you know, Crowley, Manson, all of it. It's all a mental state where you restructure the entire universe through your thought process. All hail Satanists don't believe in the devil, they don't believe in heaven, hell, God, anything. We believe in us, and we believe in our will altering reality, that it's your life, it's your reality, and you have the ability to do whatever you want. And either you can do it, or you can't do it. You can either be a victim, or you can be a winner. And it's up to you on which choice, which path you want to take. You can either be part of it, or you can be it. But Eric Freeman isn't hiding anything. In fact, he is very open about his beliefs and the goings-on at the House of Wills. Note that the vast majority of Satanist groups absolutely oppose and condemn human or animal sacrifice. Others are less convinced, and they believe they have some strange goings-on in the small town of Ohio, and a lot of mysteries to solve. 
At this time, I would like to take a quick break to tell you about a website that allows you to search for the cheapest car rentals. Searching for the cheapest and best car rental just got a whole lot easier. Rent from the big brands you know and trust and easily find the best rate without the hassle. You can rent a car in over 53,000 locations in over 160 different countries. You get the same great cars, but at a lower price. There are no booking fees or hidden costs. You're using the world's largest car rental agency. And most rentals come with free cancellation. Booking is easy and secure. Within minutes, you will have the best rental car options at the best price. If you need to make any changes to your booking, each booking comes with free amendments and phone support. You are basically getting the same great rental cars at discounts of up to 70% off. No one else can compare to the selection and price. To find the cheapest car rental, visit www.experiencethis360.com. At the top links, you will see a link called Best Travel Deals. Click that and use the drop-down menu that reads Best Rate Car Rental. Links will also be available in the show notes. Again, that's www.experiencethis360.com. Now back to the podcast. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.